Stranger Things Season 4 Part 1 has graced us with its wonderful presence, and maybe you're still recovering from the late night binge like I am. Regardless of all the shocks, twists, and turns of this season, I think we can all agree on the one cameo no one was expecting, Kate Bush. A phenomenal artist of the past and a fair niche one at that, I'm not sure that Kate herself expected the renaissance that her anthology is now receiving. But the song is more than just an epic moment. It's also a great story worth telling that speaks to the overall story being told by Stranger Things. Make no mistake, them Duffer Boys didn't pick this song accidentally. It is also a story worth telling in the church. So what say you and I run up that hill to make a deal with God and find out what in the world we can learn from this 35-year-old Cynthia jam? Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and Derek Nabbit at season four. When will there be justice for Barb? I am your nerd pastor, Nate, and if you like these weekly deep dives, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, as always, we're going to be starting out this video with our scripture for today. Our scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. I'm going to be reading from the NRSV UE updated edition. I don't know if you're familiar that that's a thing now, apparently, but that's what's going to be on the screen. If you have a version that you prefer, feel free to use that one. As well. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, give your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to the one who asks of you. Do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, normally I start these videos by asking if you've heard of our selected nerdy topic for the video, but if you've somehow managed to slide under the radar of the phenomenon that has been Stranger Things for the past near decade, I'd be more impressed than anything. Even still, I'd be equally impressed if you've managed to avoid the resurgence that the Kate Bush song, Running Up That Hill, has received. But just in case, what is Stranger Things and what exactly is happening in Season 4, Part 1? Stranger Things is the story of the fictional town of Hawkins, Indiana, as it endures the mysterious series of haunting events that occur due to some scientific tampering in the area. Our story follows so many characters, but centers around a few families and their relationships, with a certain very unique and superpowered telekinetic named Eleven or L or Jane. To name some of them, we have L's boyfriend, Mike Wheeler, and his big sis, Nancy. We also have BFF Will Byers and his older brother, Jonathan, and their Agape Mama Joyce, played by Winona Ryder. Then there's the town Sheriff Hopper, who becomes entangled through the mess throughout. Along the journey, we get to learn the stories about the rest of Mike and Will's friend group, even picking up some new friends along the way, like Max Mayfield and the one and only Steve Harrington. Season four brings us to a place where the friend group has been splintered by the events of the prior season, and our main characters are figuring out how to cope with all kinds of loss, loss by death, loss by proximity, or just plain old loss by growing up. On a sort of side note, some peeps give Stranger Things a hard time because of the age discrepancy between seasons since they first started the show, with a very young cast that has grown up quicker than seasons can come out. But I actually think that seeing these kids grow up has been my favorite part of the meta of the show. I care about these kid actors in a way I think my parents got to experience with actors like Drew Barrymore or Elijah Wood. So I don't know, just some food for thought. 
I anticipate that we will have another nerdy sermon when part two drops in a few weeks. So for this video, I really just want to focus on the insanely viral song Running Up That Hill and a bit about the character Max Mayfield, who is intimately tied to it. So no huge spoiler in this, but spoilers for Max Mayfield leading up to the current season of Stranger Things. Let's start with the song. The good news is that the lyrics are pretty repetitive to make more room for that synth. Here is what the chorus looks like. It goes, if I only could, I'd make a deal with God and I'd get him to swap our places. Be running up that road, be running up that hill, be running up that building, if I only could. So we have the protagonist of the song who is desperate to swap places with the focus person of the song. So desperate, in fact, that they would make a deal with God, something that is obviously a pretty large deal. I think Kate Bush actually said that she thought about making it a deal with the devil, but felt like the deal with God was an even bigger deal. So Kate Bush tells us that this feeling is like running up a road, a hill, or a building. Increasingly difficult things, I think we can agree. Then she closes with the depressing refrain, she would do that. If only she could. That implies what? That she can't. Nevertheless, the protagonist tries, but it's a perpetual state of running, 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 and getting nowhere. The verses are a bit more challenging to interpret, but one possible understanding is a conversation between lovers. Our protagonist may or may not be good for their lover any longer, but the magic is certainly gone. Something is different. Something has changed. Something that the lover has done has hurt our protagonist, but they're in deep denial over this pain. They aren't wanting to accept the pain, but instead are wanting to keep pursuing a potentially harmful relationship. Now the challenge becomes answering the question, what is right? Is the protagonist correct? that they can conquer this division with their love, or is there still harm being done? Regardless of our answer to that question, it still seems like the magic is gone. The protagonist is having trouble getting the lover to understand from their perspective. According to Kate Bush herself, this song is about an incredibly powerful relationship between a man and a woman that leads to insecurities because of its overwhelming nature. So in order to clear up those misunderstandings, her protagonist wishes to make a deal with God in order to possibly understand the difference between men and women. Now it seems that Kate is fairly confident in the result too. Especially in the incredibly powerful music video that I highly recommend you watch, Kate's self-portrayed protagonist ends up being separated from her lover by imitations of the love that they once held so deeply. It's good stuff. Good soup. So what about Max? Well, Max has a pretty rough story in Stranger Things. She is a new kid in town, moving away from California to Hawkins, Indiana, begrudgingly. But she does end up befriending our main group of Mike, Dustin, Will, Lucas, and Elle after getting involved in the events of Season 2. As we begin to learn more about her, we discover that she has a nightmare of a stepbrother, Billy, who is a bully and aggressor. He gets this from his dad, who is Max's stepdad by default, so probably not a good situation in the household, to say the least. Max holds all this in for a while before sharing it, but it's clear that a life of divorce and an unhappy home life has made for some real stress in her situation. And then, with the events of season three, Max gets to watch her stepbrother Billy sacrifice himself in order to save Eleven, resulting in some seriously conflicted feelings as well as the trauma of watching a member of her family die before her eyes. So with all that considered, it really is no surprise why this song is Max's favorite. Not only is it a delightful synthy tune that is easy to get lost in, it's a song that is helping Max actively understand herself. She's feeling things that no one else around her can possibly understand. Music has this effect on us anyway. Max is leaning in hard to a song that affirms that no one else can understand her. But that doesn't make it healthy. And it doesn't make the resulting conclusion of Kate Bush's song a good ending. 
With that in mind, let's see what the scripture has to do with this song and feeling. In our selected passage, Jesus is doing one of the things that he does best. He's making the truth of the law and prophets more clear to those in his living context. The Pharisees tried, but they missed the point of the teachings of those that came before. So Jesus comes along not to throw out the old law, but to fulfill it. In other words, to see it through to its truest sense. Sometimes Jesus does this by taking an old idea and literally adding on to it. But this is an occasion where the people have it dead wrong. First up on the chopping block is the adage, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth from Exodus. This refers to revenge on those that harm a pregnant woman within a tribe in Israel. People are misapplying it and taking just the quote out of context in order to justify harm being done to offenders. Hmm. Jesus says that if anyone harms us on one cheek, we should offer the other. If anyone should rob us of our jacket, we should offer the shirt off our back too. If someone wants you to walk one mile for them, Jesus says, walk two. What is all this about? Well, Jesus continues and throws out another onto the chopping block. You've heard it said to love your neighbor and to hate your enemy. Wait, wait, hang on. Where does it say that? Oh, it doesn't. God never commands us to hate our enemy. Jesus isn't correcting a misinterpretation of an existing law here. He's calling us out on something that isn't even in the dang book. Hmm. Instead, Jesus says not only to love our neighbor, but to love our enemy. Pray for them, be there for them, hear them out. It's easy, Jesus says, to love those who love you, but what about those who hate you? Those are the real challenges and the ones that set us apart as perfect holy children of the perfect holy God. What is Jesus getting at here? There's more to our enemies than just a simple stereotype. People are people are people are people. We're all going through our own lives with our own challenges and our own shortcomings. It is so incredibly easy to divide, become exclusive, because we don't take the time to think of those unlike us as anything other than an enemy. We turn things into a binary and we tell ourselves there is no way we could ever understand another. And that's Kate Bush's theory here as well. It would take a deal with God for a man to understand life to a woman and vice versa. And I get it. And I don't know if I necessarily disagree, but I do know that Jesus says that it doesn't matter. We aren't called to understand. We're called to be holy and to love beyond our understanding to the point that it becomes absurd as ridiculous as offering our jacket when our shirt is stolen, we're to become so excessively loving that we offer more to our enemies than they could ever deserve. Because we don't know where they are coming from, and we don't have to know. It's not a matter of running up that hill on the roller coaster of life, trying to pursue understanding so that we can find a way to possibly love others. No, Jesus says, my burden is light. It is easy. There's no running up buildings required. Just love. In her trauma, Max is going to lash out and hurt people. She is going to become the enemy of some, but it is up to those other people to love her in spite of that and reach out to her in the midst of that darkness. And it's the same for you and the same for me. Jesus calls us to love people in spite of their brokenness. With all that in mind, what does this mean for us today? Stop trying to understand or to make rules about who to love and when to love them. Instead, just love them and trust that God will give us all the understanding that we need when we actually need it. And for all the Maxes out there who are running up that hill, you're called to be the outstretched hand offering up a better way out of the rat race, the monotony, and the pain of an enemy-filled life. 
So whether you're the on-again, off-again boyfriend, the best friend who also happens to be a telekinetic, or the one who got away, know that you're always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Folks, thank you so much for this video. I so appreciate you taking time out of your day to watch these nerdy deep dives that we make each week. We love putting them together and we love your reactions. Be sure to let us know down in the comment section down below what you thought about this video. If you want more of what Checkpoint Church is offering, we stream every single Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday for right now. Normally it's Wednesdays, but we're going to be doing Thursdays for a bit because of baby duty and all those good things. But if you want more right, like right now, we are active 24-7 over on our Discord. I'm going to link both our Twitch and Discord down below. And hey, quick question for you. Who is your favorite Stranger Things character? As tempted as I am to say Steve Babysitter Harrington, I think Hopper has had my heart ever since he wore that Hawaiian shirt in season three. I want to be that man. With that, we're going to end this video as we always do with our three things that we believe to be true about every single one of you out there. Number one, we believe that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you. We want community with you. That's what we're doing here on Twitch, Discord, and YouTube. And number three, we believe that you, yes, you, no matter who you are, you matter. You are a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place. Why? Because you are in it. Folks, with that, and until the next time that I see you, thank you again for watching these. I hope that you will join us over on our Discord, on our Twitch, or right back here, same time, same place, next week for another of these nerdy deep dives. Until then, bye-bye! Just a second, okay? I need you to know, I need you to know that this isn't the only kind of game that I play. First game you see me playing is Pixel Puzzle Makeout League, and I need you to know this isn't the only game I play. <laughs> Please, I swear, I play other games. It's not all weird, uncomfortable dating sim uh, visual novels. I swear it, it can't be. I'm not lying. Oh, what terrible timing.